Baptist Church. Good morning to y'all. How we doing this morning? We're doing okay? Amen. Amen. Are you ready to praise the Lord this morning? I know I am. He's been good to me. I'm sure he's been good to you. Amen. If you're able to rise, we're going to ask you to join us in singing hymn 45. Hymn 45, and then we'll have a word of prayer for those of you who are able to rest upon your feet. We would love for you to join us in singing hymn 45, hymn 45, all hell the power, all hell the power. Amen. Father, we just to thank you again for today that we gather together here to praise your name here, to listen to your word and worship you here. Lord, we also thank you again for the salvation that we gave, that you gave us that we never deserved. We also thank you again for the, your love, Lord. So we just want to pray for this uh, today that's going to be a blessing to this church. And then please help this church to focus on you as we listen to your word here. And we pray for the preacher to be filled with the Holy Spirit as he preaches your word to your people for your glory here. And as we listen to your word, please help us to focus on you and to listen to your word and apply your words to our lives here. And above all, please help us to just glorify your name as a church here. We love you. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. And as we continue in praise, we would love for you to join us in singing Hymn 439, Hymn 439, Dwelling in Beulah Land, Dwelling in Beulah Land. 
Kim 439 Dwelling in Beulah Land. Dwelling in Beulah Land, Hymn 439, take a look. How far away the noise of strife
And all God's people can say, man, at least right, man, the cross brings us right to the wonderful grace of Jesus. Amen. Let's all stand, if you would, turn to hymn number 324. Wonderful grace of Jesus. Amen and amen. 324, wonderful grace of Jesus. Sing along. Oh, wonderful grace of Jesus. Greater than all. Jesus. 
welcome to Central Park Baptist Church. Amen. We're awful glad to have you this morning. If you're a first-time visitor here and you did not receive a visitor card, if you'll slip your hand up right now, our ushers are going to come down the aisle and give you that card. We're going to ask you to fill that card out. It's been a long time. It seems like you're a visitor. Uh, but uh, uh, fill that card out. At the end of the service, out in the foyer, I'll be standing behind the desk that says welcome behind it. If you'll come to me with your card, I'll exchange your card for a gift bag. We want to give you a gift for coming to Central Park Baptist Church this morning. It's an honor and privilege to have right. you. Right. We're awful yeah. glad that you're here, and thank you Amen. for choosing Central Park Baptist Amen. Church. Right. We're good. It's good to see everybody. Let me give you some. I forgot. I went on an order just for a minute. Preacher, you come and talk to us. Amen. <laughs> You glad to be here? Say amen. amen. I'm glad you're here too. It, you know, it, it's nice and cool in here. Amen. 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 I like it. And uh, one thing, I, you know, one thing about being nice and cool, it takes electricity. Yes, it does. I mean, y'all's electricity went up this month. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, if you'll, uh, you know, just to let you know, so did the churches. If I told you how much it was, you'd faint right in your chair. Because I did. My wife had to do, you know, had to, she, she wanted to do CPR, but she was banging on my chest, you know. <laughs> but I was telling her, I, was just, I just passed out for a second. I'm good. Uh, but we need a good offering today. Amen. amen. No, we really need a good offering today. Say amen. 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 And uh, so let me encourage you. Please give today as unto the Lord. And, and uh, God has blessed. Amen. And he has blessed each and every one of us. And there's, there's a, a statistic that says if you have change in an ashtray uh, in your car or in your house, then you are richer. You are among the richest 1% of the people in the world. Amen. Amen. If you have change in it, what a, man, how blessed are we today, amen? And, and so let me encourage you, you give as unto the Lord. God's blessed and and uh, God only asks us to give back a tenth. And so please let me encourage you today. Uh, be a cheerful giver. Amen. Amen. And may the Lord bless you as you give. Father, we thank you, Lord, for our day. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for our guests that are here today. Yes, I pray, God, uh, when they leave this place that they'll say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. And yes. not because of any person, God, or any anything that we have done through this flesh but because lord it's the spirit of god dwells in this place and you have spoken to us lord today so lord please be with us in a special way bless this offering father we ask that you'd bless the gift and the giver and we'll be mindful to give you the praise and the glory because it's in jesus name i pray amen, amen. if you have an offering you please come Amen. Now at this time, the uh, the Korean ministry 
and children, fifth grade and under, children, fifth grade and under, you're now dismissed for Virginia Church. Children, fifth grade and under, you're now dismissed for Virginia Church. The rest of us, if, we, if you wouldn't mind standing for a moment, we would love to sing hymn 418, hymn 418, meet me there. And then what we want you to do at the conclusion of this hymn is to meet with each other. Amen. So meet me there, hymn 418, meet me there, hymn 418, and make sure that we greet our visitors uh, as well at the conclusion of this hymn. Meet me there, hymn 418. golden shore where the faithful part no more when the storms of life are o'er meet me there where the night dissolves away into pure and perfect day I am going home to stay meet me there meet me there church member or visitor at this time. Jesus, for the blood applied. 
Jesus, it has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life, brought me from the darkness into glorious light. You took my place, laid inside my tomb of sin. You were buried for three days, but then you walked right out again. And now death has no sting, and life has no end. For I have been transformed by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life, brought me from the darkness into glorious light. There is nothing stronger than the wonder-working power of the sons and daughters we are ransomed by our father through the blood the blood thank you jesus for the blood applied thank you jesus it has washed me white thank you jesus you have saved my from the darkness into glorious light. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to And all God's people can say, that's good, amen. Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, and thank you ladies, very good. Thank God for the blood, amen. Um, that goes right along with the song the choir sang, they look to the cross, and I like that. Ephesians chapter 6, if you are able, if you'd please stand in honor of reading God's word, I'm want you to please uh, pray for all of our folks. We've still got several that are out today. Uh, it's good to see you back, and some have been gone, some been, that have been sick. Some, uh, you know, you ever get sick and tired of being sick and tired? Amen, well, amen me too. I'm, you know, kind of like the heat, you know. But it's going to cool off February or so. It'll be fine, all right? And we won't even think about it anymore. We'll be wishing for it. <laughs> I'm just checking, just checking. Found your place in Ephesians 6, amen. We want to begin reading in verse 10, and we'll read down through verse 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in, the, in high places. Wherefore... 
Take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, uh, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication uh, for all saints. I pray, Father God, this morning, uh, Lord, I'm thankful for the word of Almighty God that's been forever settled in heaven today. I'm thankful, Lord, that your word is, God, as unchanging as you are. And, Lord, I'm thankful, God, for it today. I pray that, Lord, that you, dear Holy Spirit, will please speak through me today. Lord, it's not about me, Father. It's about you. And, God, without the power of God in this place, Lord, then we're just going through the motions. It'll not amount to anything. So, Lord, I pray for your dear spirit, God, to please move in our hearts and may we set aside our thoughts for just a little while on the things of this old world and focus completely upon you and allow you, dear Holy Spirit, to speak to us. Lord, bless the reading of your word, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Over the last several weeks, we've been studying the, the armor of God and what it means, how to use it. We've, you know, just a little review. We've talked about the breastplate, or excuse me, the belt of truth. Uh, which is a life that's built on faithfulness to the Word of God and a life that's built on the Word of God itself. We've talked about the breastplate of righteousness or a life that's lived in conformity to the Word of God. The world tries to conform us. The world is trying today to squeeze us into its mold. But the breastplate of righteousness is that life which is lived in conformity to the Word of God. It's a holy life. It's a life of personal holiness that protects us from Satan when he attacks us. It's, uh, we've talked about the boots of peace or the confidence and assurance that we are saved by grace through faith and, and we can stand firm in that knowledge. Listen, I'm, I'm here today because of the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and I have confidence. I am persuaded, as Paul said, that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Amen. amen. All y'all, are y'all alive and well? Say amen. All right. Uh, we've talked about the shield or of faith or the buckler of faith, uh, which is a simple faith in God that allows us to trust Him at all times, in all situations, whether they are good or bad. And, and listen, folks, I'm telling you, we need to get back to the place where we trust God. We've got into an area in our lives where we have a tendency to trust ourselves and our own strength and our own ability rather than what God can do through us. And we need to get back to that, uh, put on that shield of faith or a simple faith in God that we can trust Him all the time. And all God's people can say, amen, the helmet of salvation or the helmet of salvation, it protects the saint of God from discouragement and doubt. And we understand that we are engaged in a spiritual warfare and our enemy, Satan, 
is powerful. He is determined. He is relentless in his fight against the saints of God. And listen, Satan doesn't come at us the same way, the same time, all the time. Absolutely not. He comes at us from different angles, different situations, and he's always looking for an edge. He's always looking for an opening in your life so that he can not only defeat you as a child of God, but so that he can destroy you as a child of God. That is his ultimate goal. So however, we know that with God, are you still with me? Say amen. We know that with God, as we put on the whole armor of God, we can stand. We know that if we put on the whole armor of God, that we can hold that critical position against the attack of the enemy, which is Satan. And listen, and God help us, listen, to understand that we must put on the whole armor of God. We can't pick and choose. Listen, for a child of God, I promise for you, it is a perfect fit. You know, there's sometimes we get stuff and it don't fit well. We have to have it adjusted. We have to have it tailored and all that kind of stuff. We get shoes that move around. And listen, the armor of God for the child of God is not that way. For you, the armor of God is always a perfect fit. Amen. And it will help you. It will guard you. And so today we're going to consider... Uh, the, uh, it's really, it's, it could be the final piece in my opinion. I don't believe it's the final piece. I think we still need the next piece. We're going to talk about it next week. Uh, I've already been uh, uh, studying about it. And if you look in verse 18, it's prayer. Listen, we got to have it, but I don't want to get off on that today because I I think what we've got this morning is something that will help us and encourage us, which is uh, the sword of the Spirit. Amen. The sword of the Spirit today is uh, that Paul is referring to is called the makara, or it's a sword that that varies from about 6 inches to 18 inches. It it wasn't that broad sword that uh, that a lot of the soldiers uh, carried back in the days of the Rome and uh, when they were still uh, around and when Paul was here, but it was a, a sword carried by Roman foot soldiers, and it was the principal weapon for hand-to-hand combat. Listen, we today are in hand-to-hand combat with, with uh, the evil things of this world and Satan himself. And if we're in hand-to-hand combat, we cannot use something that's not geared for that combat. That's why Paul speaks of the sword of a spirit. It's carried in a a sheath attached to their belts, these Roman soldiers, and it was always at hand, and it was always ready for use. It was the the same sword that, if you remember, that, that was carried by Peter. You remember when the Lord went to the garden to pray and they came to arrest him. It was this type of sword that Peter used when he cut off the ear of the high priest. Now, the reason Peter cut off his ear is because Peter wasn't a swordsman. He was a fisherman. He didn't know how to, I mean, he couldn't wield the sword like a sword. Now, I think he was trying to probably cut the guy's head off. He just missed Amen. I mean, that's just, you know, just in my thought process. But, but it's the same sword. It was a small sword, 6 to 18 inches. But the emphasis here of this passage of Scripture is on how to use this sword of the Spirit. Now, watch. This, this word spirit is capital. 
That means it's the Lord himself. It's the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, it's not a weapon that we have today uh, that's designed or forged by human hands, but, but it's the, a perfect spiritual weapon of divine origin and divine power. And Paul plainly tells us what the sword of the Spirit is. It is the Word of Almighty God. And I don't believe it's just any Word of God. I believe it is our King James Bible, the Word of God. Not a King James Version. It's a King James Bible. There's a movement going on today that's trying to get churches and people away from the King James Bible. But I'm here to let you know how that is a trick of Satan himself. Listen, in all the, and, and, and if you go and watch, this, the churches that go away from this, there's always trouble. Listen, I, I got here by my King James Bible, and I think I'll just stay with it. Amen. So we're talking today about the sword of the Spirit. Listen, the Bible is an armory of heavenly weapons. It's a laboratory of infallible medicines. It's a mine of exhaustless wealth. It's a guidebook for every road. It's a chart for every sea. It's a medicine for every disease, and it's a bomb for every wound. Amen. Listen, I like what this author wrote. No one knows who wrote it, but he said, These are words written by kings, by emperors, by princes, poets, sages, philosophers, by fishermen, by statesmen, by men learned in the wisdom of Egypt, educated in the schools of Babylon, and trained at the feet of rabbi in Jerusalem. He said it was written by men in exile, in the desert, in shepherd's tents, in green pastures, and beside still waters. Among its authors, we find a tax gatherer, a herdsman, a gatherer of sycamore fruit. We find poor men, rich men, statesmen, preachers, captains, legislators, judges, and exiles. The Bible is a library full of history, genealogy, ethnology, law, ethics, uh, uh, prophecy, poetry, excellence, medicine, sanitary, science, political economy and the perfect rules for a personal and social life and behind every word is the divine author God himself amen listen what a mouthful but I'm telling you it's a good mouthful amen it is inspired by God 2 Timothy 3.16, the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means it is God-breathed. That means that the Holy Spirit of God superintended every word, every jot, every tittle that's in this. Listen, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Amen. Peter reminds us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, he said, Knowing this, first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. Can I, let me just stop here for just a second. Listen to me. This, this, the Bible does not lead, need our help for interpretation purposes. Listen, it does. You know, I've had people say, Yeah, but preacher, I think this is what, it doesn't matter what we think. Listen, it only matters what God said, and we must leave it in the context of where it is written. It is not up for any private interpretation. Yet all the other versions today, other than the King James Bible, has been written through private interpretation. Listen, God said, God said this. He said, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, 
but holy men of God. Listen, there's a lot of people dabbling in rewriting the scriptures that have nothing to do with holiness. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. I'm reminded of John as he's writing the book of Revelation and, and, the, and God has given him a glimpse of the future and, and he's looking at all this stuff and, 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 you know, and we read it and it's kind of overwhelming to us. But, but here's John on the Isle of Patmos and, and God is showing him the future and, and John, I, he's just standing there and I think he's standing there and his eyes are wide open and his mouth is falling open and God looks at him and says, hey, John, write. John has forgotten. He's looking at all the things that God is showing him. And God said, hey, wait a minute, John. Write this down. Well, that's exactly what happened. John began to write under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. And that's how we've gotten our entire word of Almighty God. Amen. The Bible is inspired by God. The Bible is also inerrant. It's infallible. The Bible contains no errors. It contains no mistakes. It's flawless, faultless, and without blemish. As God's own word, it could not be anything else. Listen, if this is a reflection upon God himself. And if this book is not perfect, then listen, what does that tell me about my God? Amen. Psalm 19, verse 7 and 8, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. The statutes of the Lord are right, and the commandment of the Lord is pure. Proverbs chapter 30 and verses 5 and 6, it says, Every word of God is pure. Listen, that word pure means tested. That's that's why God said, Prove me now herewith that I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there'll not be room enough to receive it. Listen, God and his word have been tested. They tested the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And listen, I want you to understand that he rose triumphant over sin, death, and the grave. He's been tested. And he has triumphant over all these things. And he gives us everlasting and eternal life. The word of God's tested. The Bible is complete. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 2 and in Deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 32 it says, Ye shall not add to it. I mean, that's pretty simple. John, at the close of the last book of the Bible in Revelation 22, verse 18 and 19, Brother Shelton taught on this just a Wednesday night ago. And he says, And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. Listen, God's word is complete. The Bible is authoritative. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. Listen, I'm t- there's been times I can think back in my life where my dad, looked at, he said, listen, boy, you look at me and you better listen to me. Well, it, that's exactly what God's telling us here. God says in the book of Isaiah, listen, listen, for the Lord has spoken. We need to get to that place where we listen and pay attention to what God's telling us. Amen. The Bible is authoritative. Psalm 40 and verse 7 in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 7, it says, Then said I, lo, I come, and the volume of the book, it is written of me. Uh, the Bible's authoritative. The Bible is also effective. When its truths are proclaimed and applied, things happen. Amen. Now, let me say that again. When the truths of the Word of God are proclaimed and applied, things happen. 
Isaiah 55, 1, it says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Listen, in other words, God's word's effective. Listen, I'm, I've seen lives change. And listen, uh, the Bible, if we'll let it get into us, listen, it'll change us from the inside out. Be like the guy that got saved. He lived in an old run-down house, and when his wife had passed away, and, and I mean, it was just the, the outside, the weeds had grown up, the, the furniture in the house was all tattered and torn, dust everywhere. Well, he went to church one day, and he got saved, and and he thought, man, this is, this, you know, I'm just the Lord changed me. And he was out walking around one day, and he thought, you know, I need to, I need to try to spruce things up. So he saw this beautiful vase in the window of this store, and he bought it, and he took it home, and he put it on the mantle of his fireplace, and he went over and sat down in the old dilapidated store, uh, chair that in his house, and he got to looking around, and the mantle was dusty. It was leaning to one side. There was trash everywhere, and he was looking at the beautiful vase, and he said, man, alive. He said, if I'm going to bring a beautiful vase like that into my house, I can't leave this house like that. So he started cleaning up the house, and he started sprucing, and he got everything up in the house, just not, bought new furniture, everything, and, and it became a beautiful home on the inside, just like the vase. Well, he had got everything cleaned up. He sat down, and he looked, and he thought, well, I've been in here for so long. I want to go outside, and he walked outside, and as soon as he stepped out the door, he saw the weeds growing up. The sidewalk was overgrown and all this kind of stuff, and he said, man. If the inside, I can't, if I'm going to spruce up the inside, I'm going to have to spruce up the outside. So he cleaned up that. Listen, that's exactly what salvation does. Uh, For me and you, if we just let the Word of God get in us, it'll clean us up from the inside out. And all God's people can say amen. The Bible is effective. The Bible is determinative. In other words, what a person does with God's Word evidences his relationship with God himself. John chapter 8 and verse 47, it says, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Listen, those who listen to God's word and heed it, those who give evidence that they, uh, that they have allowed it to get into, the, they show evidence that they belong to God. Uh, that, listen, it does not matter what we say. To, we can say anything today, but it matters what we do. Show me. My mom always told me, boy, you, your actions speak so loud, I can't hear a word you're saying. Listen, it's the same way in the things of God. If we can say it all we want, but God help us to show it by our doing. If you love God, show it. If you love the things of God, show it. If you love the, listen, if you love the church of God, prove it. Well, I didn't get very many amens. The Bible is determinative. The Bible is limitless in its resources and its blessings. Listen, the Bible, now, now understand, is the source of truth. There's got to be a place where we can find the, the truth. And John 17, 17, it tells us, thy word is truth. Pretty simple. People today, they look everywhere for answers to life. 
They try to find out what's worth believing and what's worth not believing. Listen, the source of all truth about God, man, life, death, time, eternity, men, women, right, wrong, heaven, hell, damnation, salvation is right here in the Word of God. Amen. Listen, this Bible is a source of truth. You don't need to go any further. If you want to know something, here it is right here. If you, you Listen, it, it, it'll, it'll take care of whatever ails you. The Bible is a source of truth. The Bible is a source of happiness. Now, I want you to get this. You want to know why there's so many unhappy and unfulfilled Christians today? Well, look, turn to Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 34. I'm going to wait on you. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 34. This is going to tell us why there's so many Christians today that are unhappy. Found it, say amen. Amen. It says, blessed or happy is the man that heareth me. That's what God said. In other words, blessed or happy is the man that listens to me. Yeah. Now look in Luke chapter 11 verse 28. We're going to take it a little step further. Luke chapter 11, verse 28, we're talking about the Bible as a source of happiness. I've never seen so many unhappy people today in all my life, Christians included. If there's anybody that ought to be happy and joy-filled, it ought to be you and I as a child of God. And all God's people can say amen. Look what we found in Luke eleven twenty-eight. say amen. Proverbs 8, 34 says, blessed or happy is the man that heareth me. Luke eleven twenty-eight. it says, blessed are they that... Hear the word of God. Oh. Wait a minute. Let's just stay in Proverbs 8.34. You know? I mean, we can sit around and hear it all day. Amen. We can say amen and shout and be, I mean, oh, yeah, I heard the word of God. I am happy today. I am tickled pink. I'm happy as dad said. I am happy as a dead pig in the sunshine. Wait a minute, but it don't stop there. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. No one, now watch this, no one can be happier than when they discover, accept, and obey the word of God. Yeah. You want to be happy? Then get in the word of God and hear what God says and then do what he tells you to do. You know, when I was disobedient to my earthly father, I, I, I wasn't very happy. We, I mean, Brother Shelton, they read a, a Sunday school verse this morning that reminded me of growing up. It said, weeping endureth for a night, but joy come in the morning. And I said, yeah, that's what my daddy always said after he gave me a good whooping. <laughs> you, know, you know, if we would just obey God, he wouldn't have to chasten us. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. And God says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Man, has has God been good? Oh, absolutely. Uh, The Bible is a source of happiness. The Bible is a source of spiritual growth. Now, Christian, here's where we need to be careful, right here. 1 Peter 2, 2, it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. You ever seen a baby that's hungry? Oh, yeah, man, I have. 
I mean, when they're hungry, you can hold that bottle out there, man. They'll get to screaming and yelling and hollering, and uh, you know. And but but as soon as you get that bottle and stick it in their mouth, brother, they are good to go. I mean, they're sucking that thing. They'll suck it down in a heartbeat. You know why? But they because they desire the milk. They want to be satisfied. They're hungry. And God says for you and I as a child of God that we need to desire the Word of God the exact same way. But we today as God's people, we don't desire that. We don't want, I mean, we can put it down and not pick it up for a week. Wait a minute. We all not do. This is a love letter from God himself to you and me. Do you treat, listen, if you ever got a love letter from somebody? I have. I've told you about my wife used to write me one every day when we were in college. I would come home late. She would uh, from work. It'd be about one o'clock in the morning, and I would go to the steps of the dorm. There would be a stuffed animal and a letter there just for me. And I would walk right by it. I mean, look at that man. I'm I'm so tired of them. I get one of them every day. Really. That ain't the way it happened. I would come in the door from work, and I would go right to it. I would be thinking, man, look, I know it's over here. I'm going to get it, and I'm going to read it. And I would, listen, I would take the stuffed animal, stick it in my shirt or something. And, but listen, I went right to the letter. Listen, God help us. That's the way we ought to do the word of Almighty God. It's been given to us, preserved in our King James Bible. And every day we come home, we can, we can come home and we can say, Oh, man, look, God has left a letter for me. We can head right to it. We can pick it up and we can read it. And we can taste and see that God is good. Amen. But do you hunger and thirst after it like that? We ought to. Listen, we, we seem to get away from it and think that we can just do without it. I'll catch up on it. No, wait a minute. God said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. That's why we have a lot of Christians today that are babies. They've not grown. They've not matured. They sit around and whine and murmur, but it's not after the word of God. Listen, God wants us to grow up. And desire the word of God. It's a source of spiritual growth. Our Bible is a source of power. Hebrews 4.12. It says the word of God is quick. Now that doesn't mean that it's fast. You know. That's not what. It, the word quick means alive. The word of God is alive. Powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Listen, the Bible, the Holy Spirit of God today, it will, it knows your very thoughts right now this morning. And the Word of God will pierce you to right to your thoughts. And that's why, listen, that's how people get under conviction by the Holy Spirit of God because the, the Word of God cuts right through. It cuts through the chase and gets right to the heart of the matter. The Word of God is powerful. God help us. Listen, I'm, I don't ever want to come to this place. And, and I've been asking God this week to help me and, and because I don't want to just be of sounding of brass and tinkling of cymbal. I, I want to stand in the power and the presence of Almighty God. Listen, why? Because people's lives are at stake. Your relationship with God is at stake. And so I'm here today to challenge you with the word of Almighty God. It's powerful. If you want to be an effective witness, an effective child of God, then you better have a relationship with the Word of God. 
The Bible is our source for guidance. Psalm 119, 105, it says it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It's a source of comfort. Romans 15, 4, it says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures. Listen, the Word of God is limitless to the believer, to the child of Almighty God. And it's right here. It's in our hands. Listen, we are so fortunate today that we have a copy of the, uh, of the Word of Almighty God preserved in His King James Bible. There's people in the world today that have no access to the Word of God. But some of us have two and three and four. Listen, it, and it, it's right at our fingertips. And it'll help you for whatever need you might have in your life. It's, it, it's the source of all things for us. But listen, but it's also the Word of God is also a defensive weapon. It can deflect the blows of Satan. And, it's un, and, and now get this, it's unlike the shield which, uh, which gives us a, a broad and general protection. But the sword can deflect and attack only if it's handled with precision and skill. That's why God said to study, to show yourself approved unto God. Why? Because, listen, the, the devil does not come to us in just uh, in general terms. Sometimes it gets real specific. That's why we need to know the word of Almighty God. We may have to, listen, the Lord himself, listen, he quoted it against Satan. Listen, it's a defensive weapon. Come here, boys. Bring those, bring those swords. Now, Malachi is going to be, I don't want, I don't, the devil. Okay? Just, yeah. And, and, and the Brother Kevin's going to be the sword of the Spirit. But now watch. The devil comes at us, and he gets real specific sometimes. You follow me? Uh, you remember about Adam and Eve? The devil got very specific with them. Amen. And sometimes he'll get specific with us. And I've just got a couple of examples. I want you to get this. Sometimes he'll attack us. I don't know, maybe uh, from the standpoint of the eternal security of the believer. And he'll say, oh, wait a minute. He'll, he'll swing the sword of, uh, of doubt and say, listen, you can lose your salvation. But the sword of the Spirit will deflect that. Listen, that is a specific blow against the Word of Almighty God. Amen. Amen. And God said in John 10, 28, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. When Satan takes that blow and tries to hit us with doubting our eternal security, the sword of the Spirit deflects it every time. Listen, we can always go right back to the Word of God. God also said in John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Listen, God only gives us one kind of life. Eternal, everlasting life. Listen, this stuff about falling from grace or losing your salvation, that is contrary to the Word of Almighty God. That is a devil trying to attack us with his broad sword, but the sword of the Spirit deflects it every time. 1 John 5, 3 says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may 
know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Listen, our eternal security is just as sure as the name of the Son of Almighty God. Listen, I'm thankful today that I have eternal, everlasting life. But listen, sometimes he don't come to us just through eternal security of the believer. Sometimes maybe he will take the broad sword of, uh, of doubt or broad sword of, of self, and he will attack us uh, through works-based salvation. Oh, listen, if we'll just hold out faithful to the end, if we'll just, we're all working to get to the same place. No, I'm not working to get anywhere. Listen, it's not up to me. It's up to the Lord. And that's why he said in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, when Satan pulls back the sword and tries to hit us about works-based salvation, we can go to the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, and say, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I've had people say, oh, you Baptists, y'all just hang everything right. What's your point? It's the Word of God, amen, and it's effective. And listen, it's a defensive weapon. Listen, I get weary with people that try to come at me all the time and try to twist the words of Almighty God. Listen, I'm just going to leave it, and if we will take it and use it, listen, they can fight, they can argue with a lot, they can argue with me, but they cannot argue with the Word of Almighty God. Amen. Thank you, men. Listen, I'm thankful that we are saved by grace. In fact, the Lord himself, you remember when he was tempted of Satan in the wilderness? He used the word of God for his defense, for each temptation. He said in Matthew 4, 4, he said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Every time Satan came to him, the Lord himself, he said, It is written. Well, guess what? It's still written. Yeah, it's still here. But the Christian who doesn't know the Word of God can't use it very good. And Satan can and will find out where we are ignorant or confused on the Word of God, and he will attack us in that area. Yeah. The Word of God's not a broad sword like the big sword that Malachi had. It, listen, that we can just wave around and get, you know, all this in a wild manner. No, listen, the, the sword of the Spirit is like a dagger. It's a makara. It's a short sword, 6 to 18 inches, and it's to be used with precision. Christians who rely on their experience of salvation, think, think about this, and they rely on their feelings to get them through. They are vulnerable to every sort of spiritual danger. They get into all kinds of compromising situations, and they will fall prey to false ideas and false practices simply because they don't know the Word of God. Uh, listen, 2 Timothy 2.15, I quoted this a while ago. It says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the Word of truth. The Word of God is a defensive weapon, but it's also an offensive weapon. The Word of God is capable of inflicting blows as well as deflecting the blows of the enemy. Turn to Hebrews chapter 4 real quick. I've got to hurry. Hebrews chapter 4 and look in verse 12 and 13. It says, For the Word of God is quick, 
powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Listen, when the word of God is preached, it brings God's judgment to bear on the lives of those who are lost. It brings judgment to bear on the lives of those who are saved, but out of the will of God. The word of God's powerful. It transforms the lost from darkness to light, from death to life. It changes sadness into joy, despair into hope, stagnation into growth, and failure into success. God's word is so powerful and effective. Listen, that's where Satan has mounted his greatest offensive. Listen, he'll do anything and everything to undermine God's word and those who preach it and teach it. Listen, that's how we got here today. That's how we, that, that's how we came into this, that, that sin was passed upon all men. Why? Because Satan attacked the word of God. He said, hath God said, and he's still saying it today, and people are still listening to him. Uh, the Lord's parable of the sower, um, the Bible teaches us that Satan there is quick to snatch God's word from the hearts of those who hear it before it can take root. And a lot of people gladly listen today, but, but their decision before it's made, think about it. Something distracts them. They got their phone on vibrate, and then it vibrates. And it's like when the, power, when the Spirit of God begins to move, the phone vibrates, and they feel it in their pocket. And it's... You know what's happened? He has just snatched away the Word of God from you. That which have could have made a difference in your life and changed you from the inside out, Satan has snatched it away before it could take any root. Yeah. Then as a result, the witness is lost. And if you're not careful, the soul of the hearer is lost. But when the seed of God's sown, and you go back to that parable on, on good soil, the hearer understands when he hears it. And the Bible says he bears fruit and brings forth a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Listen. Romans 10, 17, it says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's this book. Yeah. Salvation or saving faith does not come from just believing any part of this book. No. But it comes, listen, salvation comes from believing the parts about the gospel. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, that's the power of the Word of God. Listen, the Lord Jesus Christ today, the sword of the Spirit tells us that He died for you and me. He took our whipping for us. He that knew no sin was made sin for us. Died on the cross. Listen, He died. He was dead. He was dead. God, you say, how do you know? Well, God said He was. That's how I know. But listen, He didn't stay dead. He got up. Early on the morning, the first day of the week, he got up. And he was he's just as alive as me and you. 
and he has a job to do. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us because the old devil, he comes. Listen, he still comes and he says, man, hey, did you just see what Shelton did? Man, did you just see that? And did, listen, if he's a Christian, he wouldn't do that. And, and the Lord Jesus, our great intercessor, our advocate, our lawyer, listen, he said, uh, listen, he belongs to me. The blood of Jesus, listen, has cleansed him from all sin. And, and God the Father says, case dismissed. Listen, that's what Jesus does for us. And every believer, think about this now. We're talking about the power of God for the lost, for those Christians who are away from him. Listen, I'm thankful today that the power of God can change us. And no believer has excuse for not knowing and not understanding God's word. Every believer, you say, why is that? Because every believer has within him, in her, the author of this book, the Holy Spirit of God. We have a divine teacher that lives in us who authored this book. Listen, our only task is to submit to his instruction. Uh, listen, when we submit to his instruction, then we are to apply it. That's where the rub is. Sometimes we hear it, we like it, but then, you know, uh, Paul even talked about that, and that tongue twister, that which I would, I do not, and that which I do not, that, that's what I would. You know, I mean, and we do that. We know what to, what's right, do we not? Are we? I mean, we're adults, we know. Yeah, but you know what we do? Whatever we want. And sometimes it's contrary to this book. But I'm telling you, this is the word of Almighty God. And it'll help you today. It'll strengthen you. It'll give you victory. All you got to do is apply it. Do you love him? I mean, really love him. You sure? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you're here today and you're a child of God, not servant, listen, you ought to come. I mean, we're going to talk about this next week. It's the prayer part. Um, you know, if I've had people years and years go by and say, Preacher, I don't know why y'all, listen, that you want us to come. Well, because Satan will steal away what God has placed in your heart and in your thoughts the second you walk out that door. But when we come down here, we make a conscious decision, and, and it makes us accountable. And, and, and listen, not only to ourselves, but to God, when we make that decision to come and pray and ask God to help us. Can I encourage you today? That's what this is for. This is not a place where, where somebody sits up here or out there, and, and if they do, they ought not. Where they say, well, look, boy, if anybody needs to go to the altar, it's them. No, wait a minute. It's probably the person that's saying that or thinking it. This is a place for everybody. Amen. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. All you got to do is come. Father, help us. Speak to our hearts. Help us to do business with you, Lord. And I pray, God, that your hand will be upon us. 
Lord, that may the Spirit of God be in this place and upon our thoughts. Lord, don't let Satan rob us. Whatever is going on right now in the hearts and thoughts of, of people through the Spirit of Almighty God, I pray, Lord, that you'll rebuke Satan and all of his imps this morning. And, and God, that we'll just do business with you for just a few minutes, Lord, whatever that need might be. Lord, if there's somebody here that's not saved, I, Lord, the, the power of God will, will bring them from death unto life, God, if they'll just come. So, Lord, help us. Give this invitation, and I'll give you a praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, nobody's looking around. Just between me and you.